0: Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tonight, we, we have the, the trio, all of us together, myself, Alex Varallo, and Dylan Terman. Had a Knicks last night show at the last second. We had a couple of issues going on. We were going to press on at the last second, and we decided, you know what? For this particular show, um, as we are going to be discussing which Jets free agents should stay or go, Followed by uh, not just the free agents, but looking at the full 53-man roster and which players we think are most likely, least likely, and somewhat likely to return. But uh, Alex, how are we doing tonight? Dylan, the same to you. How are we doing, fellas?
1: Doing well. Ready to kickstart the 2021 offseason. Pretty official since the Super Bowl's all been wrapped up.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited as well. I mean, glad to finally get the three of us all back in here. It seems like it's been a couple weeks, but happy to start talking free agency and really diving into the the meat of the Jets' seasons. Unfortunately, come in the off season when ball isn't played, but hopefully that turns around soon.
0: Yeah, and you know, Alex, you said it. I I posted it uh, about uh, ten minutes after the game ended. Look, look, that's last season. Okay, talk about the Super Bowl you want. That that's in the past. Let's not talk about the past. We're looking toward the future. Um, that's, I mean, who wants to talk about old stuff? That's, that's all. That's who cares? It's, you know, <laughs> you, you can't rest on your laurels, Tampa Bay. You won the Super Bowl last season. Okay, that's over now. Time to look forward. Um, and listen, I gotta say it. I, I, hate to say it. I never thought I'd say it. Tom Brady's a likable guy right now. I don't hate him. I look at him, I laugh. <laughs> I'm like, eh, maybe Tom Brady isn't the, isn't Satan after all. Maybe he's just uh you know, I hate to say it, uh James Harrison when he signed with the Steelers, I don't know if you guys caught this or sorry, when he signed with the the Patriots a couple years ago. He said he said, Man, I walked into that locker room and I I wanted nothing more than to hate Tom Brady. I wanted to be mad, I wanted to dislike him. I met the guy, nicest guy in the world. Couldn't help but love him. And this is James Harrison. James Harrison isn't the type of guy to just kind of uh you know, to to fluff it up and, and uh and BS his way through an interview. So listen, uh, breaking news: Tom Brady might not be Satan. So we can uh, we can move on from there. But <laughs> fellas, big offseason coming. Um, first, before we get into the, the 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 free agent stuff and the and the, and the roster and all that, uh, the the Deshaun Watson rumors aren't going away anytime soon. I know you guys saw it, Dylan. You shot it out to me, Alex. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw it. Uh, report out of Houston saying that if the Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson, if they still don't want to. But if they come to the point where they're going to trade him, report saying they will trade him to the Jets. Now, part of me, like, I'm already over the Deshaun Watson thing. Because, like, things that good just don't happen to the Jets. Um, and also, uh, more reasons I'll get into. But this story makes sense in the fact, and I said this to someone the other day. I was talking to somebody about this. And listen, I, I don't know what the Texans draft board looks like. I don't know what who they have ranked where. But you have to assume, I mean, obviously, they're going to have, if they're trading Deshaun Watson, they need a quarterback to replace him with. Um, if, and this is a big if, but it's not out of the, beyond the realm of possibility, if they have one quarterback graded significantly higher than the other, that's number three, anything below number two is meaningless. Like their whole objective needs to be, if we're trading Deshaun, We need to get the best possible quarterback to replace him with, with that number two pick. So if they have fields rated significantly higher than Wilson or vice versa, they need that number two pick. Otherwise, you're getting the third best quarterback in the draft. Um, So if that report is true, that tells me the Texans want that ability to say, all right, we know we're not getting Trevor Lawrence, but we really like fields or we really like Wilson. Wilson. That's the guy we want, and it gives me. I see these. They're going to trade into the 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 Panthers. What quarterback are you taking if you send them to the Panthers? Um, But but the flip side of this to me, and I I want to get your guys' take on this. If you're Joe Douglas, and you can get say another premium pick for Sam Darnold, I know Schefter has said they can get a late one. Other people said they can get a two. I think Albert Breer said they can get a couple of threes. Whatever they can get. They're going to get one, possibly two premium picks. And by premium, I mean top three rounds, top 100, right? Those are, those are where you expect to find starters. Um, you know, you pencil guys in when you take them that early on. If you're Joe Douglas and you're looking at your, the assets you have, you're looking at it that, okay, if I trade Sam and I get a one or a two or whatever it may be, I then have seven picks. In the top hundred, and even if I do a not so great job, that's three brand new starters, possibly four, and if I knock it out of the park, maybe five. And it, and, and you know these, these these guys, these GMs, they're alpha types. They believe in themselves. So Joe Douglas might be looking at this thinking, ideal Sam, I get a premium pick. I can get us five new starters with those picks. Is Deshaun Watson, granted, we all agree, nobody disagrees, that the quarterback is the most important position in the NFL. Is the quarterback more important than four or five new starting players if Joe Douglas believes he can do that? So what do you think, guys? If you're a GM and you've got seven picks in the top hundred and your owner comes to you and says, I need you to trade four or five of those to get me a quarterback and then maybe hit on one of the two premium picks you have left. Now you've got the Sean Watson and maybe one new starter. What do you think about that? Oh, okay,
2: I'll grab this one. Yeah. You want to go first out?
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. That that's pretty, um, pretty glaring right there and alarming when you think about that, um, you know, what it could possibly take and um, you know, what are, what is the uh, I guess, collateral damage from making that kind of trade and, what what will the team be left with as far as trying to get, you know, other draft capital compensation and try to build this roster? Um, If you're trying to build a roster from scratch and and we're heading into a rebuild mode here, um, maybe trading away all your capital is not the right thing to do. Um, If if you're thinking about, you know, trying to create a foundation of a house, um, you know, you may not have enough pieces um, left to, to build what you got. Um, so, yeah, that's really, really interesting the way that you put that, Glenn. Um, you know, again, the, the idea and the concept of having an all-pro quarterback it, is great. Um, much rather have it, you know, come in-house than trying to, you know, trade all our draft capital to go get that. Um, but, yeah, I think that that, would, that might actually set the team back, if you think about it, um, than propel them forward. Well, I could be wrong, but... Um, just, you know, talking out loud here, it does seem like uh, it could end up, you know, uh, fighting, you know, fighting the Jets in the, in the rear end here, um, you know, by feeding into the rumors and going after what everybody's been saying. And then all of a sudden you obtain this player and then you look at the 2021 roster and, um, you know, you're looking at a Andrew Luck situation where you have a really, really great quarterback with not a lot of supporting talent and then the poor guy is just, you know, getting mauled and, and getting beat up because there's not enough um, guys to for him to, to support him. So, yeah, that could really, really be detrimental the way that, uh, the
2: way that you put that there,
1: Glenn. Uh, what do you think,
2: Dylan? Yeah, when, when you put it into that kind of perspective, Glenn, when you talk about one player versus four or five potential starters for the, the entire team, both on offense and defense, it, it puts the scenario – it makes it a little bit more muddier, but to me, I I mean, you're just talking about a quarterback. So I think that alone is worth, let's just say two to three starters, just off value alone. So I think the Jets are in a position where you should just go use these picks. I mean, you look back to last year and Joe Douglas had four picks in the top 100. Uh, It was, it amounted to Makai Becton, a trade down, which got Denzel Mims, Ashton Davis and Jabari Zuniga. So just at face value, I would say that's a 50-50. Two good players that are going to probably be starters going forward and then two players that probably aren't going to be starters. Um, Maybe Ashton Davis can start at safety if they don't attack that position, but I don't think Zuniga is going to have some crazy starting role. So I think the the draft is a crapshoot to begin with, so it makes it tough when you say four or five, potential starters because yes they could start for the Jets but that doesn't necessarily mean that they will be significant starters or productive starters that you want long term so I think if you have the chance I think now is the time to get it and just talking a little bit forward on the Texans in general their team president like just stepped down active immediately today uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was with the team for the better part of the last decade. So that that's kind of like a, a twist in the whole scenario. And Adam Schefter even added to that saying that they moved on from an equipment manager, supposedly, that was really close with Deshaun Watson. So it seems like they're just cleaning house of personnel members and staff members that have relationships with Deshaun. So it just makes the whole situation muddier. And I think now is the time for the Jets to attack more than ever, especially after what I sent you guys that John McClain
0: said. Yeah, and John McLean is a guy who is uh, who's pretty rational. He he's one of the guys, one of the few. He's one of the few beat writers who doesn't cover the Jets, who I I I have seen enough from him that I I respect his opinion and I think he's he's generally on the money. Yeah, And I could be absolutely. wrong about that, but it it just seems that way to me. <clears throat> there yeah, might be a Texans fan who hears that, and, you know? Part. Exactly. And listen, he said early on that the chances of Deshaun Watson being traded were the same as him. And- and- yeah, yeah, that that, that was – and that that's the <laughs> only thing I've seen him say where I was like, listen, uh, this is the first time this guy sounds like a, an amateur. It's not happening. You're not – if you're the Jets, uh, what did McLean say? Uh, two ones, two twos, two threes, Quentin Williams? It's, no, no. It's, it's, yeah. No. Quentin Quinn Williams, whether people realize it or like it or not, he right now is a two or three first-round pick value type of guy. Um, oh, You yeah. know – and, Grant that you only had since, seven sacks. Sorry?
2: I was going to say, just even since he uh, John McLean has tweeted that, I think the the narrative has kind of shifted to the package for Deshaun might not necessarily command all of that. Yes, it'll be large, but I don't think six picks in a player was in the realm of possibility and certainly shouldn't be now with all the more rumblings coming out of Houston.
0: Yeah, and I mean, six six premium picks – and qu- yeah. and he said and that was at, that was at the very least. So he was like open up to like it should include more. Um, you know I don't I don't know what you want like fifteen premium picks. The Jets Is have like Ricky three Williams good together? players and you want one of them <laughs> and six premiums. You're not getting that. Yeah. Um, but again, for the most part, I think he's on the money. Um, I do like him, and he you know he's a guy who said uh, that now now the Jets. Are the only team Houston would trade Watson to? That makes sense to me in terms of they have to replace him with the court. And again, listen, the other part of it is also, and listen, we we know everybody knows. I, 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 you get tired of hearing people say the same things over and over again, but it's kind of what happens when you have fifty thousand people discussing the same topic. But listen, yes, draft picks are. A lottery ticket, draft picks are a crapshoot. I get it. But you have people within your organization who are paid to watch and evaluate players. And, I, you know, I made this case a couple of years ago with Sam Darnold. And this is, this doesn't, whether Darnold was a bust or not, doesn't matter to my point. Because everyone's like, oh, the Jets traded up, but they're going to end up with the second or third best quarterback. This is a stupid trade, blah, 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 blah. Listen, the job of these teams, of these executives, these front offices, is to look at these players and say, is that guy good enough to win? Like, will we be a perennial contender with a chance to win a Super Bowl with that player? And if the answer is yes, you go get him. You don't get caught up in, well, if we trade up, we're getting the third best quarterback. Do you think you can win with that quarterback? If the answer is yes, then you trade up. You don't get caught up in the, oh, there's someone else in this class better than him. So what? You trade up and get the guy you can win with. If Joe Douglas is sitting in his office with his scouts and his coaches and Robert Sala and they're watching film on these guys and they all look at each other and go, you know what? I think we could win with Zach Wilson. I think if we bring this kid along the right way. We can, and again, keep in mind, these guys believe in themselves. When I see these fans who say stuff like, this team has such a terrible draft history, how can we count on them to pick players? You think Joe Douglas gives a damn about Mike McCagnan and John Idzik and Mike Tannenbaum? Do you think the, the Jets coaching staff doesn't believe in themselves because Adam Gates was a moron? No! They believe they are capable of identifying and developing talent. If they watch Zach Wilson and they all look at each other and say, we can get this guy to be a top tier quarterback. Why in the world would you then turn around and give away four or five, six premium picks to pay $40 million to a guy who does the same thing? And I'm not saying Zach Wilson is as good or better than the, I'm talking about, do you think you can win with this guy? You don't always have to have the single best quarterback in the NFL to win. We've seen that time and again. The single best quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, just put up nine points in the Super Bowl. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if you think you can win with Zach Wilson or with Justin Fields or whatever quarterback, then go get that guy and save three, four, five, six premium picks and build around him. I think it's nuts. That people say we ha- Listen, I understand wanting to get Deshaun Watson. I want to get Deshaun Watson, but I'm also not going to lose my mind if they don't get Deshaun Watson, because as I just said, we've we've seen great quarterbacks never win. Dan Marino never won a ring. Took John Elway hundred years and a great running back to finally win a, a championship. Like being great. Aaron Rodgers only has one ring. Exactly, Peyton Manning. He didn't win one until you know late in his career. All those all those chances with the Colts, and he he ended you know, he ended up winning one later with Denver. But the, I mean, listen, we talk about about guys. You know, you know, Darnold's a good example. And and the Darnold thing, like I said, it's it, it's kind of uh, I, I'm I'm fine with either outcome. If they get rid of him, I get it. If they gamble on him, say we're going to go with him next year. I'd be shocked, but I kind of get it, and I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't be like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. But mm-hmm. some of these guys take a long time to develop, and some of them don't win anything till very late. So what they do at quarterback, I think it's going to depend heavily on what they believe, you know, how they feel about these guys coming out. Trey Lance, I would love to know more about Trey Lance. I bet the Jets would too. Guy plays one game as a senior because of COVID. How do you evaluate that guy? I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. He went the whole 2019 yeah. season without a turnover either. So, like, you know, there's exactly. like, not too many red flags to pin on him to be like, oh, well, he can't do this, 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 and this. But X, Y, and Z, he's excelling in. So it's very hard to, you know, knock the kid. And I think it's just all the quarterbacks are so close, even outside of Lawrence, it's like, if they have the opportunity, you just, like you said, you have to go take it down. Don't try to, you know, gamble with some other option. It's just, it's not worth it. If you have the feeling that you can excel or just be slightly better at the current moment and project long-term that you will be better than what you currently are with any of them, just do it. Just, just go do it. See now, because there are no guarantees in my mind. Um,
1: now, in the event that they do decide to go the route of taking, you know, we can do this one real quick because I know we this isn't part of our talking points, but in the event that we do decide to go the rookie route, do you feel that this team, you know, and obviously we haven't hit, you know, our March free agency um, signings, but is this team ready to take on a rookie quarterback and, and, and forge through in that direction? Do you guys think that as of today? Uh
0: February 10th, 2021? Well, I, I think like right now, today, obviously not. But, you know, one of the key things, um, and, you know, we always look forward to free agency, but but this is a huge one for the Jets because they have, you know, I, I, last time I looked, once the cap was adjusted, they're second in the NFL on cap space. And that's before they make a bunch of releases that they can make. And there are guys. There are teams that are. Old. I think you know, in the past, in the past few years, like Dylan, you may not be old enough to remember, but when free agency was new, and those first seven, eight, nine, ten years of free agency, every year it seemed like you saw like really good players get cut because teams couldn't get them under the cap. Then if teams learned to manage the cap better, that happened less and less. And you may have seen one or two like high-level guys released, but teams found a way to keep their better guys. This year is different, and teams might, I don't know, but we'll see, teams might have to let go of some quality players that under under normal circumstances, teams would have found a way to keep them. So right now, today, should the Jets take a rookie quarterback? Absolutely not. However, between now and the draft, if you sign Joe Tooney and you add Allen Robinson, well, now all of a sudden, you're one offensive, at least my opinion, you're one offensive lineman, a right guard, away from having a really good O-line. I mean, Becton and Tooney on the, on the left, McGovern, a lot of people are so down on him, I think because he played poorly early in the season. He got better as the year one. He's a solid player. Uh, even Fant. Fant's a guy who didn't have a lot of reps prior to this season. He rarely played a full game with the Seahawks. He kind of got better as the season went on. He can be upgraded, no doubt. I, and if they upgrade him, I'd be fine with that. But if they just say, you know what, we'll live with him for another year, and we're going to draft the right guard, or let Cam. if we think Cam Clark can compete with GVR, GVR is another guy who played well late in the season. GVR, Cam Clark, maybe a rookie, maybe an undrafted guy, may, maybe a mid-tier free agent. Bring in three or four guys to compete for that one spot, and you bring you in Allen Robinson, absolutely you can take on a rookie quarterback, because that's pick two, and then you have pick 23, whatever pick you get for Darnold, pick 34, that's where you start, you know, you have pick 66. That's where you start grabbing, you know, extra receivers, extra. Then you're just building depth and building around that guy. Now, listen, if you don't come out of free agency with a top tier lineman and a top tier receiver, then you have a better argument with the, with the quarterback thing. But I, I think that's why. And we'll probably do. A, I mean, we will do a show on free agency. But I, like in my mind, it comes down to like four or five guys. There are four or five guys out there that if Joe Douglas can get two of them, he'll be set up for the draft. Uh, You know, I I don't want to go too much into that. Uh, Dylan, go ahead and share your thoughts and then we'll get into the free agents that the Jets should keep, let them go and then do our roster rundown.
2: Yeah, I think the next four to six weeks are going to be really telling as far as how competitive the Jets plan on being with their roster in 2021. Um, But I think, like Glenn said, if you can land an Allen Robinson or a Joe Tooney or uh, Corey Lindsley has been linked to the Jets on, I know it's smokescreen season, but I've seen Corey Lindsley and the Jets linked a few times already. So if you're able to land one of those two or three key pieces, I think you can absolutely take on a rookie quarterback. I, I think you reset the money market as well. You don't have to pay them for another few years down the line. So that it opens up cap space to just, you know, explore options elsewhere. Um, I don't want to deep, dig too deep in the weeds, but I'm not sure Allen Robinson would want to come play with a rookie. He's kind of had quarterback troubles his whole entire career. Um, not saying Zach Wilson. I mean, I think he would be probably the best quarterback throwing passes to Allen Robinson in his entire in his career. But uh, I, I don't know if he would want to come do that on a team resetting. I think he would be all in on the Deshaun Watson side of the jets, but I think, I think they can absolutely feel the a rookie quarterback with the roster that they project to have. Yeah. Uh, All right. Seeing
1: Robinson's tweet the other day saying, you know, yep. no cap. I, I really want to ring. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know yep. if this is the place you want to come to, to try to do that. Cause you want to be patient and it might take us a couple, if not three to four years to do that so. <laughs> yep. And he's going to be.
0: Yeah. Serious. Yeah. He, he may not be Valorant a realistic option, I but like I, it
1: we missed the boat on that one a couple of years ago. Um, I think we should have been more aggressive before he went to Chicago and, you know, things might've been different for us because he's one of the few that don't really get talked a, a lot about, but if you look at the quarterbacks that he's played with, I mean, talk about getting as much as you possibly can at produ- production wise with not a lot of great talent around you. I mean, he's mm-hmm. probably the reason why Christian Hackenberg was drafted um, in the second round, um, mainly because he was the go-to guy for for him in Penn State. So anyway, we'll move on from Robinson and, and get into our talking points. But yeah, I'd love to have the kid. I, I just uh, I don't I don't know if this is going to be a, an advantageous landing spot for him with his. You know the arc of his career and his age and and what he's trying to accomplish before he hangs up his his cleats, but uh, yeah, let's get into it.
0: Yeah, let's do let's do that, Alex. We'll uh well, first we're gonna go over guys the Jets should retain, and we're gonna use we're gonna use spot racks, uh, and we're only gonna go over the the unrestricted guys because then you start getting into the exclusive rights and the restricted and all that. Um, mm-hmm. We're just gonna go unrestricted free agents who we believe. The Jets should look to retain. We'll each go with a top three. Uh, I'm going to rattle off the names real quick. Brashad Perriman, Brian Poole, Bradley McDougald, Jordan Jenkins, Neville Hewitt, Patrick Onwasar, Marcus May, Joe Flacco, Matthias Farley, Frank Gore, Pat Elfline, Daniel Brown, Bryce Hager, Ross Travis, Arthur Mollett, Terrell Basham, Trayvon Coley, and Josh Andrews. So, Alex, go ahead and kick it off. Which three guys are you prioritizing?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, Mr. Captain, obvious here when it comes to this. Um, I feel that, you know, foundation pieces that that we need to retain in order to make things a little bit easier for us come for agency and draft. Um, I'd really like to see Jordan Jenkins come back, um, not just on a one-year, you know, uh, bargain deal. You know, let's let's make him a jet for life. Um, Not saying throw, you know, a blank check at him, but I'd like to see that happen. Uh, I kind of feel like we missed out on Brian Poole due to his injury last year. And I think he still has some quality play in him. I'd love to see him come back and and be our starter at the nickel position. uh, It's proven that you do need experience in in your secondary. And lastly, obviously the big one here, Mr. Marcus May. Um, You know, I just sent you guys the presumed, Salary uh, projection for him this year And it's right around $9.9 million, So we'll just call it $10 million a year um, I don't know, four years, $40 million, $10, 10 million a year for Marcus May I think that's a fair deal And I think that that should be the number one priority uh, For the Jets resigning um, their free agents
0: Yeah, Alex, I think uh, everywhere I've seen Has kind of projected him around $10 million a year uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah,
2: I think it's interesting that $10 million is the projected number for Marcus May because I've heard that they could also explore the franchise tag option, which I don't necessarily think they should do, but that's around $11 million. so his market value actually would be a bit cheaper than the franchise tag. Um, but for my, for my three, I, I prioritized quality depth players. I think that the Jets have lacked depth for such a long time that whenever somebody gets hurt, whether it's an offensive lineman or a cornerback or – just any position wide receiver. I think that they always just struggle mightily once one small injury happens. So the first guy on my list was Pat Elfline. Um, he came over from Minnesota. He played one game there. And then he played six with the jets. Uh, he played a hundred percent snaps in all six of those games. So realistically they could keep him as a starter or they could attack the position. Like we were discussing just before and, you know, hold him as a backup in 2021. So I think he's really intriguing. I know the film is a little up and down with him, but I think overall he did a good job. And then the other two, both on defense, I had Patrick Onwosar. He didn't play any defensive snaps in 2020. He had an injury in training camp that held him out until November. And then he finally got on the field just on special teams against the Chargers and he got hurt again. Um, but I think Joe Douglas kind of liked what he saw with him in, in Baltimore, and I think my bias personally would want him to stay on the roster in 2021. I kind of I kind of like all the Baltimore defenders in general, but I think he would benefit more in Robert Sala's defense um, if he can actually stay healthy and get on the field. Plus, I don't think he would come close to his market value, which Rack has at million dollars, I believe I last read, and I think they can get him for maybe two, two and a half million dollars due to the injury and the fact that he hasn't been on the field really for a whole entire season. And then lastly, I had Terrell Basham. He played in all 16 games in 2020, six and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, 13 quarterback hits. He played a healthy 64% of the snaps, which I think if they were to retain him, it would likely come down. I think he would be more of a rotational pass rusher, but. Again, in this Robert Solid defense, it's kind of up in the air on which players will fit schematically. But I think Terrell Basham proved enough last year that they could retain him on maybe another one-year
0: deal. So
2: I think he would fit as well.
0: Yeah, I think Basham is a guy who is uh, who's a nice depth piece, honestly. Um, and, you know, spot mm-hmm. starter. Um, and, and really, maybe even a... An, a a regular starter on even a decent football team if if he got more reps because he does get pulled a little bit. But um, I'll I'll start off with him because he's one of my three. Uh, He's a guy I praise at the end of uh, 2019. If you look at him down the stretch over the final four or five games, uh, he played well, you know, a couple sacks, a couple forced fumbles, played well on special teams. Uh, And listen, this is um, even when you're not a good team, which the Jets are not, Uh, You know, whether you're a bad team, a good team, like you're going to have some guys like, and, and I, I drive this point home all the time and it drives me crazy. I've said for years, too many fans have this, like too many fans have two categories in their mind. They have like every player is either a hall of famer or trash. Not the way it is. Like some guys are in between and they're good players who will play for somebody and who you would want to have on your roster. To me, Basham is one of those guys I think he's a good player, not great, but uh for what you can get in in terms of you know for what he's likely to make and what he brings to the table i would I would gladly see him come back uh Marcus may is the obvious one he's the most obvious one he's probably the only guy who has like you, you know across the board support from Jets fans who you know more than anyone else you hear people say bring him back, bring him back, bring him back." Uh, the the last guy I'm going to mention, and I, again, it's it's one of those situations. I wish we had seen more of him in that spot, but I felt like, given the need and given how well he played down the stretch, um, Arthur Malette. I felt like he did a really nice job at safety. And this team, you know, even if they bring Marcus May back, there's not a lot there at safety. So it, it's you know it's strange. As much as this team needs offense, we're all talking about a lot of defense. But it just so happens those are the guys on this roster um, or, you know, who are due to hit free agency who are who are not bad choices. So uh, th- that's who I would go with. Uh, but but really uh, shame on all of us, though, guys, for uh, for not mentioning Frank Gore, who is the team's leading rusher last year. Ah. Future Hall of <laughs> Famer. Uh, if Adam Gase gets a job, he's going to sign him as his number one back. So uh, terrible oversight on our part. We'll try to do better moving forward. We apologize for that. <laughs> but uh, th- th- that's it. Those are our three. Um, one guy worth mentioning uh, because of his role last year. Uh, you've asked about it, Alex. Brashad Perriman. Um, yeah. You know we're going top thumbs three, up, but, but down. <laughs> Does he? I mean, listen to me. If if you do, I mean, if if you go through free agency and you can't get anyone else, fine. Bring him back. I guess but not on more than a one- or two-year deal, and, uh, and definitely some rookies to compete with him. What do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for me it's a thumbs down. Uh, I wasn't impressed with him before he came to the Jets. I wasn't really thrilled with the fact that he was the plan B to letting Robbie Anderson go to Carolina, and I thought that he was very underwhelming even when he was on the field. He had a couple games that I thought he did well in, like the Patriots game with Joe Flacco. But to me, I think you could use that money and hit on a mid-tier free agent like a Zach Pascal somewhere else and get roughly the same production.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of feel that um, Herman is just one of those kind of players that, <laughs> uh, excuse me, he has a particular skill set, um, which is, you know, getting behind the secondary and stretching out the field. Um, my opinion is, I think that there's a lot of players that can bring that to the table. I think you could find players like that, um, across the board with free agency. And I I think that there's plenty of wide receivers in this upcoming class, um, that can offer the same. So I don't think that that would be a wise investment. I know that that was something that, you know, down the stretch of the year, um, he was starting to put up, uh, some, some decent, you know, statistics, um, a few scores here and there, made a few plays, splash plays here and there. Nothing consistent, though, which was kind of what I anticipated from him, to be honest with you. But, you know, that has um, – that's not all on him. There, there was a lot of reasonings why our offense was inconsistent last year. But I do think that we absolutely can do better than a Prashard uh, Perriman. And I just kind of figured I'd throw that out there because I, I did see a lot of people uh, tweeting the Jets at the end of the season, saying, you know, extend him now. Bring him back now. You know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. he just scored. Let's not, you know, with these knee-jerk reactions. Yeah, pump people, the brakes. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. grass, no break, but, you know, I get that. But let's hit the brakes on this one, please.
0: All right. Well, listen, before we go any further, I just want to let our listeners know where they can find a great deal of consistency, and that is with our sponsor, Miles Social. If you're a business owner and you're looking for someone to consistently and properly manage all of your social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it may be, Mile Social is a place that you need to check out. That's M-I-L-E social.com, MileSocial. As I said, they will manage all of your social media platforms, get more customers through your doors, more dollars in your pockets. So check them out at milesocial.com. That's M-I-L-E social.com. All right, guys, moving on to the roster. And we'll just do this alphabetically. I'm just curious to see, and this is why, um, as I said at the top of the show, there was a chance we would have been able to do last night's show. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, Alex, real life gets in the way, crazy work situation. Dylan, your no. computer crashed, but you were calling. We can do the show that way. And I was the one that said, no, let's nix it. We'll, 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 we'll chalk it up the technical issues. Computer's not working. I want all three of us on the air to go through the roster. And just out of curiosity, I want to see how many guys that we all agree that the Jets mm-hmm. need to bring back next year. And not, again, as I said earlier, I'm not saying who, who needs to come back and be a Pro Bowler. Just like, look at the 53. How many guys on that roster do you look at and say, that guy, that's a really good player who we need to bring back? And it's tough to say, too, because you can't help but do it relative to the situation and say, well, this player isn't really that good, but he's the best we have in that spot, so we have to at least bring him back for depth. So maybe if your team was better, you would discard the guy, but this team isn't very good, so we want to bring more guys back. So we'll probably be adding some guys on who, with a better team, wouldn't be making it. Um, So we'll, we'll start with Josh Adams at the top. Like I said, going alphabetically. And, um, but actually before we go to that, I was going to cover this, um, but because Alex was just kind enough to shoot me a message and I know how (laughs) absent-minded I can be. I don't, I don't want, I actually, uh, and and here's proof to how absent-minded I am, Alex. Um, Just a minute ago, while you guys were speaking, I said to myself, Oh, when they're done with this, mention this thing and then i already forgot and didn't mention it once um and then i just saw <laughs> you message
2: <laughs> and i
0: started to say to myself again i uh, will mention that later And i thought well i just forgot to mention it one time so how about we do it now before we get into it leon washington's yep. coming home jets fans leon washington the, like, Jets have hired him
1: here
0: yes yes yeah, right. we used to have one <laughs> the
1: crowd goes we on. still
0: have that applause button let me check. No, we don't. <laughs> the applause button's gone. Imagine so applause, that Jets fan. Week. <laughs> Think of what you did when you heard about Adam Gase being fired and play that back in your head. Leon Washington. And then, quick side note. Quick side note. Uh, you know, writing for Jet Nation now myself, what, five, six years, however many years, and I love doing it. Um, but, and I, memory may, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure. The very first thing I ever wrote for any website ever, uh, Matt, Matt Batanti, who's a, a member at JetNation.com, on the forums, he had a website called DraftDaddy.com. I got in touch with him because I just love football, love the Jets, wanted to write. Um, the very first thing I ever wrote for a website to be published was a scouting report on Leon Washington, Florida State running back, and I talked about how, what a great mid- to late-round pick he would be for somebody. And as it turned out, wow. the jets took him that year, so uh, that much more reason for me to love leon washington. He was a guy that i you know i I thought a lot of early on, but he's back in jets green and white as a special team assistant uh uh coach on for special teams for the jets great special teams player himself uh guys feel free to to gush about leon washington
1: oh well i mean. This, like I tweeted, I said this is some of the best news I've seen this team put out there in weeks, if not years. Um, huge, huge fan of Leon Washington. Um, you know, a bit of an inspiration for me when I was, you know, playing in high school and things like that. And um, you know, undersized, you know, player that I was, and seeing somebody like him come in, and you know, guys like Chad Morton and stuff like that. I, I used to be one of the uh, sacrificial lambs back there on the, on the kick return and you know, it was players like him that that gave me hope that, you know, I wouldn't get killed back there. And, um, you know, nothing was more exciting than watching him, uh, you know, just put us in great position. Um, And, and every now and again, he'd take one to the house. So um, I love what he brings as far as the history factor and the personal aspect that he, he gave me as, as a young, um, you know, teenager watching him play. And, Um, great. I love seeing like these kind of maneuvers here where we bring back guys, um, from great teams, um, to, to coach up the, the young, the young guys here and kind of be mentors per se. And, um, you know, rock solid guy all across the board here. Um, this is definitely, you know, knocking the, knocking the table here for Joe Douglas. He's done good on this one.
2: Yeah. And, uh, I'm probably going to age myself again here, but, uh, I wasn't even in high school when Leon Washington played for the Jets. So,
0: I (laughs) mean,
2: I remember him him for sure. But, I mean, I just – as soon as the news came down today, you saw all the highlight videos on Twitter of just the electrifying returns. And it almost brought back, like, you know, I know it was a little bit later. He was before Joe McKnight. But, you know, we always had that that spark in the kick return game. And I just – I remember, like, just a couple hours ago saying to my friend, I was like, the Jets always had a return man that – could shake things up and could flip the game instantly. And I thought just even more recently to uh, Andre Roberts, I was like what he was able to do in the return game was just so different. And the Jets just have lacked that. And it was really nice to see that he's coming back home. I think on Instagram, Ty Johnson commented and was like, great coach. Uh, He like, I love Coach Leon in Detroit. Great man now. Great still is a great man. So like he's excited. He's fired up, I think. Ty Johnson might even play a little bit of special teams now. Who knows? But I think it's really exciting.
0: it's I think that was a that was a move that all Jets fans were excited about, and uh, and it's great to see him. it's great seeing him back with the Jets. It really is, uh, as you said, Dylan. You know, for anyone that watched him play, and and he's the guy. Honestly, that I, I wrote a I wrote a short article this this week because I was really and. I, I didn't go into much detail statistically with the draft prospects as I may have ordinarily, but I was just sitting there. And Leon Washington to me is the guy who comes to mind when I think to myself, because I've been thinking this for several years now, and a lot of Jets fans probably have, that I think, Jesus, when is this team going to prioritize like athletic playmaking players? And enough, like, you know, we're about to go through this roster and they're just, the number of guys, the number of slow running backs, slow tight ends, not super athletic receivers, even on defense, the non-athletic guys, like, bring in electric guys who just who do things that other guys can't do. Like, enough with guys like Lorenzo Malden, who might be the nicest person in the world for all I know. But, like, these slow, lethargic guys, and I know that's a defensive side, but... Every time I sit there and think, when was the last time the Jets had a guy that when the ball was in hand, everyone went, oh, hang on a minute. This, this guy might do something. You know, Santana Moss comes to mind, even though he had to play with Chad Pennington. It was all, it was all 10-yard routes. Um, but, yeah, Leon Washington is the guy that pops to mind. I, you know what I think of, and, and, again, we're getting way off track here, but I got to say it. I think if you had Leon Washington behind the offensive line that Thomas Jones had And the guy might have run for 2,000 yards. I mean, Thomas Jones had that huge year, you know, like a couple years with the Jets, behind the best O-line in the NFL. And the number of times we saw him get caught, get caught from behind, where I would just think to myself, how did you not prioritize an explosive back behind uh, an offensive line that's opening these ridiculous gaping holes? Anyway, moving on. 53-man roster. We're going to go through as... Any player that we agree on, not even unanimous, if two out of three of us say, bring the guy back, I'm going to jot the name down, and then at the end, we're going to look, out of 53 players, how many guys do the Jets currently have that we feel need to return? And this is why we wanted three people for this show. So, I'll go ahead and kick things off. Josh Adams, let him go. Might be a nice player, I just don't think he fits the scheme. I've said before, I think he should have had more carries last year. He didn't get them. Josh Adams, I say he can take a hike. Not because I don't like him. I don't think he fits with what the Jets want to do. What do you think, Alex? And then go ahead and Dylan. Uh,
1: which player did you say again? I, I didn't catch that. Josh Adams.
2: Josh Adams. Adams. Uh, we could do better.
0: All right, Dylan?
2: Yeah, sim- simple as that. I think it's time to move on. We can get P. Ryan, Ty Johnson, and even a rookie or a free agent to do better. So
0: I say no. Anderson, um, I think we'll all agree on him. I will say, caveat, I'll say let him go at the $10 million price tag. Uh, if you can bring him back cheaper and you think he'll fit, fine. But stay or go, keeping it simple, I'm saying go. Henry Anderson?
1: Yeah, yeah. No. Yep. Let's get those savings.
0: All right, Josh Absolutely. Andrews. I say Josh Andrews can take a walk.
1: Goodbye, Mr. Andrews.
0: Thumbs down for me. All right, bless Austin. A little bit of a disappointment this year, but uh, I keep them around. You know, this will be a little skewed because obviously the younger guys we're going to want to see more of them. So they're likely to mo- most of them are likely to stick around. But I say bless, keep him around for another year, see what he can do.
2: Let's keep bless.
0: I agree, let's keep bless. All right. Uh, and uh, we'll go ahead and pass right over this guy because none of us have ever seen him play. Manaza Bailey, wide receiver out of Morgan State, 6'1", 195, ran a sub four four forty, and was originally a linebacker. So if you want to put him on the edge, I say keep him around. Uh, but as a wide receiver, I've never seen the guy play anything other than a preseason rep. So, I mean, some of these guys aren't even worth discussing because if, if one of us yeah. says to keep the guy around who we've never seen before, that's just silliness. Um, I'm assuming you guys agree on Monata Bailey? Yes, yeah.
1: no idea who he is until you mentioned him
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay. Corey Ballantyne, cornerback out of a small school out of Washburn. Uh, primarily a kick returner for a few games this year, uh, but he can go. As far as I'm concerned, he can go. Okay. I I don't need I don't need him around. Yeah, uh, we already talked about him a little bit. I like him, Dylan. I think it was you said they like him, Terrell Basham. Keep him around on a small deal. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's worth having around for a little while. Uh, and some of this, we could do silly, jokey stuff, but I'm not even going to bother with that. Uh, we're going to keep Mekhi Becton. If you guys disagree, then we'll go ahead and just cut you off now. Uh, Braxton <laughs> Berrios. Berrios, really nice year, really nice job a couple years ago as a punt returner. Took a step backward this year. Inconsistent in holding on to the ball, but still shows some really good traits. What are your guys' thoughts on Berrios?
1: 850K not too much on the salary cap, sure, he can
2: come back. I I tend to agree, I think, as a backup slot receiver for the price that we're paying him. I think it's worth it just to hang on his depth, maybe a wide receiver
0: four or five. I agree, I agree. Uh, Daniel Brown, tight end, uh, blocking mm-hmm. tight end, but not a great blocker. I say let him go. What do you guys think? See you later, bye. Yep, no need. All right, and this, I'm not even going to lie about this one. I didn't realize this guy was on the roster. I feel like I haven't seen his name in a couple of years. Uh, One-time undrafted free agent Kyron Brown is on the 53. I honestly. Oh, yeah. Wow. He was on a, I, some kind of injured list for us all year yeah, long. I, I, for some reason, I maybe—I guess I'm losing my mind. I thought they released him with an injury settlement. I guess he just went to IR. I mean, listen, you need players. I'm fine with bringing him back. To take a look.
1: Yeah, he was, um, you know, the, the the summer fling, the summer love of uh, mm-hmm. training camp, I remember that year during his rookie season. So, uh, yeah, maybe some untapped potential there. I'd say keep him around as a depth piece.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Lawrence, three Kager. Kager corners.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed.
1: Yeah, Lawrence bring back Lawrence Cager. Yeah, I know a lot of, a lot yeah, of fans bring back said that I was intrigued, too, to see what he could do. And yeah. every time I like he him. went out there, it seems like he got hurt.
0: Yeah, I think he might be another guy that may not be Elijah Campbell. Uh, he's another guy who I've seen very little of um, out of northern Iowa. What do you think?
1: Yeah, he can walk.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say that. Uh, Agreed, agreed, agreed. Now, here's a tough one. Some of these are super obvious. Some of them are like, okay, I don't even know who that guy is. We've never seen the guy. He can walk. Um, but here's a tough one because we've all seen him, but we don't see much of him because he's always on IR. Blake Cashman entering year three. Mm. What you, at what at At what point do you say this guy can't stay healthy? Cut him loose.
1: Yeah, so his cap hit just under a million dollars.
0: Yeah, it's going to be low. He's you going know to what, deal. If, history,
1: if history says anything about this guy, he, he doesn't have the durability. I
0: think, you know,
1: mentally and, you know, physically he's capable of doing some things in a sub-package role defensively and as, as a special teamer. But it's just obvious that he just doesn't have – he's just unlucky, I guess you could say. It. Um, and he just always finds himself getting injured. So probably better to move on.
2: Yeah, he's in the no, no category for me. Um, in that editorial series I'm doing on JetNation.com called Jet's Case Scenario, he's one of the frequent uh, casualties that I use to create a little bit more cap space to attack a more needed position. So I could, I could do without Blake Hamstring Cashman. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I, was, I would say bring him back, but on the shortest of short leashes. Like if he comes back and stubs a toe, I let him go. <laughs> but uh 2 out of 3 you guys say let him go, I'll then that's uh majority rules. Cashman goes. Cam Clark year 2. What do you think? Mm.
1: Yeah, you know what? We didn't get to see head or hair of him on the on the field. Um, you know, spent most of the year on the IR and then when he did become healthy, he was just a a healthy scratch it seemed every week. Not sure if that's you know a sign that there's something bad going on there, but
2: yeah, keep him around. I I really would like to see what happens with that. Yeah, I agree. Cam Clark has to stay around until you field him or know a little bit about him as a player. It's just too early to move on from him.
0: All right. And as I've said many times, he was uh, one of my favorite guys in that class. So uh, I'd love to see him stick around. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next guy up. Travon Coley, defensive lineman out of Florida Atlantic, uh, looks like I for some reason thought he played a couple reps last year. You know, no, I'm I'm mixing him up with somebody else, uh, another D lineman who hardly ever played. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on Trevon Coley? Because I certainly don't. No, 26. It's all right. All right. Uh, Jameson Crowder. Now he's been a big topic because. He's due to make ten million, and the cap hit letting him go, letting him go. You're saving ten, nine, ten million. So I've seen a surprising number of people endorse cutting Crowder. Now listen, as I said, you don't have a lot of good players, uh, Jameson. Maybe you make a case for cutting Jameson Crowder if you're up against the cap. As it stands, you got eighty-five million. I'm keeping Jameson Crowder.
1: Yeah, I think I think keep Jameis. I mean, it is a little uh up there. I mean, I think he's one of the highest uh paid players on the roster coming into this year. Um you know, just hope he stays healthy for all sixteen and and yeah, I think you should keep him. Um because uh finding guys like that with short hands, you know, that can find those little openings within the defense, um, you know, that's harder than you think it is. And I think
2: Crowder does that well. Yeah, I was on the fence with Crowder. Um, obviously, you two have both said yes, so we're going to go ahead and keep him, but I'm, I'm on the fence. I think if they had a very smart contingency plan at the wide receiver position, then yes, you can go ahead and save the money and allocate it elsewhere or just to another player at the position, but we've seen Joe Douglas kind of mismanage the wide receiver position, so maybe it is best to just keep the, the proven commodity.
0: Absolutely, and uh, next up, linebacker John Daka. Who wants to pretend they know what he can do? (laughs) Not I. (laughs) Nope. All right, listen, John Daka, nothing personal. You might go down as the greatest player in team history. Uh, As of today, (laughs) though, you know, whatever. All right, next up, uh, Sam Darnold. What are you doing? Uh, Listen, Um, I've made my position clear. But vague If there is such a thing I feel like if I feel like they gotta move on I think they will move on But I won't be upset if they don't move on So I'm going to vote Goodbye Sam What do you guys think?
2: Oh I'm not ready for this
1: um, There's enough Evidence to show that Things have not worked out with Sam Darnold And to think that a new coach and, and maybe a new offensive scheme would just right all the wrong. I don't think it's going to be that simple. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff going up upstairs with Sam that he needs to mentally fix. And I don't know if that's correctable, um, especially within a short off season and God knows you know, with this new world that we live in with, you know, remote practices and, and all these other things. And, you know, clearly, um, the Jets were not able to adapt like other teams were throughout the pandemic. Um, yeah, I think I think it would probably be best to, to part ways. Um, I, I I just have this inclination, though, that um, he might stay. I, that's my honest opinion. Um, but I think if, it, if I were Joe Douglas, I think, you know, probably moving forward and moving on from him uh, and just starting anew would probably be the best thing to do.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I think if you have the chance to hit the reset button, you you should do it, especially if an offer comes your way that you like enough. So to me, I'm gonna have to say no to Sam Darnold, but I would not be, I won't cry over the fact that if they do decide to keep him and you know use the draft picks elsewhere.
0: Yeah, it sounds like we're all in the same boat here. Um, expect him to go, not super upset if he doesn't. And Alex, I I think um, what you said is, you know, I mean, I think we we're all pretty much on the same page here um, Mm -hmm. with Darnold. Um, We'll see what happens. Yeah, so we all think he goes, but none of us are surprised if he doesn't. Um, Like, if
1: you were to think about this like a percentage-wise, right? And we're doing like a pie chart here, right? What would you say? Twenty percent, it works out with Lafleur and the new system. 80%, Eighty percent, we still we see the same guy we saw the last three years. I mean, that's kind of like mm-hmm. maybe it's and that twenty percent is still I'm not sure. Where do you, you guys know, think that is?
0: Yeah, and and that's I mean, I, I would funny you say that. I was I was going to use percentage and say because uh, I felt you know a few weeks ago I was one hundred percent sure Sam was gone. Now I'm like eighty five percent sure he's gone, but thinking there's a, a slight chance he comes back. Um, Dylan, what what do you think percentage-wise on the chances of him staying or going?
2: I think the chances are probably closer to, like, 60-40, staying 60, going 40. But it's it's, it's too up in the air because as soon as one phone call comes down the wire that you like, you know, that changes to 100%, he's gone. So I think it's really tough with the quarterback position. But for now, I'd have to say 60-40.
0: All right, next up, the guy who was probably, when he was picked, probably my least favorite pick in this class. It's a toss-up between him and LaMichael P. Ryan. Uh, But Ashton Davis. Uh, I hated the pick when they made it. I was a little bit more receptive when I read some tweets and scouting reports from people who said, this guy might be able to play corner. Uh, I'm not buying it. I I didn't know anything about him because, you know, Happens to me every year. There's always a position, a player, a something where I think there's no way the Jets are drafting this. And I do close to no homework on it leading up to the draft. That last year, it was safety. I thought, you got Jamal. You got Marcus May. There's no need to look at safeties. And the Jets drafted one. So I said, what are people saying about this guy? And people were like, super fast, super athletic, high jumper, hurdler. He can play corner. I thought, all right, well, if he can play corner. Maybe that's what the Jets plan on using him. Maybe it's not a bad pick. As it turns out, he played safety, didn't do a lot, and spent a lot of time on the shelf. Obviously, as I said, the younger guys we're going to assume are coming back, most of them anyway. Stay tuned. Um, so Ashton Davis, fine. Bring him back. Let's see what the kid can do.
1: Yeah, for me, you know, that that's the one thing that I always find quite interesting about the way – fans react to certain players that have things that are not related towards football. Like, did we draft a football player or did we draft like, you know, an Olympic hurdler? Because the last time I checked, you know, this game, we need football players, not track stars. Um, Mm -hmm. And that concerned me a little bit. I remember, you know, I think one of his first starts this year was against Arizona and, I remember him, you know, he tried to, to make a, a play and, on DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, he, he stuck his head in there and he hit him with all that he had. But, you know, Hopkins obviously being one of the best guys in the league, um, he prevailed. And I remember, you know, he had that crazy game uh, against the, I think it was the Chargers. Um, but, you know, he looked like he struggled a lot while he was out there, um, you know, in the starter's role. And, you know, from what I'm hearing with, you know, this possible 4-3 base and a cover three zone defense and, you know, going to see a lot of single high coverage looks, um, I'd much – I'd feel much more comfortable having Marcus May in a single high role than, than Ashton Davis. Now, obviously, if you – if Joe Douglas is a numbers guy and feels like it's more lucrative, you know, to to work the budget, I mean, Davis is clearly going to probably be our our free safety this year, but um, yeah, I would I would revisit that, rethink that, and, and Marcus May would be my my agenda over Davis in a starters role. Yeah, I
2: think that was a question. I'm sorry, that was a long answer. But bring him back, but
1: <clears throat> I, I'd like him right. as I a death piece.
2: I think Ashton Davis should stick around. I mean, he didn't show enough to warrant being let go this early in his career anyway um I think he's a good person I think he's a he's a a good athlete I think he can make his mark on the defense next year if uh he can manage to stay healthy so I'm gonna say yes on Ashton Davis as well Uh, I think we're waiting for Glenn to get back in here I think he got cut off so for now we'll just keep running down the list and uh next up is tight end Connor Davis what do you got Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. I'm
2: seeing the messages
1: now. I didn't realize we, I wasn't in the studio. Um, cause right now it still looks like Glenn is on the line as the host, but, uh, not sure. Um, Connor Davis. Yeah, we could, we could definitely walk, um, you know, from, from there, uh, we could definitely improve in that, that area for sure.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say no as well. Um, Next up, we have Noah Dawkins, linebacker. Uh, No clue. Um, Yeah, we can definitely (laughs) move on from him. Yeah, he's on a futures contract, so I don't think he'll be sticking around too long. Um, Next up, uh, an opt-out from the COVID list last year, Josh Doxson, wide receiver, 28 years old.
1: Yeah, you know, he that was an interesting one. I thought that he was somebody that was going to have a little bit more of a defined role um, last season. Um, again, I'm into making improvements in all areas. I was intrigued on what he could possibly bring to the table last year, but, you know, this is a new year. We're moving forward. Like Glenn said, um, we're just going to continue uh, to move forward and not dwell on the past. So, um I think we can improve there too. And then he can go.
2: Yeah, I have to agree. We can save almost a million dollars by cutting him. So I think it's best to just, uh, set the ship sailing. So next up we have, uh, Chuma Idoga tackle 23 years old.
1: What do you got? Hmm. $1 million on the roster here. Yikes. Okay. Um, Yeah, you know what, I don't think he's a Douglas guy. Um, So, yeah, I think that, you know, he should prioritize looking to getting more depth at the tackle position. Um, You know, there were different times where Fant and Becton were a little injured, and the guys that had to come in, you know, after them wasn't really that much – wasn't that pretty to look at. And, um, you know, obviously, if we're going to be looking at getting newer quarterbacks in here – Maybe some that are completely raw and inexperienced. I don't think you want the same personnel um, depth wise um, that have to come in in a pinch to protect your young quarterback. So I would think that, that that's an area that can be improved and Juma Doga
2: can go. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think they could get some more production from a offensive tackle number three from a rookie or mid-tier free agents. So I think Chuma Doga is just another one of those McKagan picks. That's just going to fall by the wayside, unfortunately. Um, next up at the same position, the man that took you Doga's spot is George Fant. He's 28. What do you got? Oof. you know, that that's the
1: interesting scenario here. And, and I think that Fant with the savings is, is super significant. Um, I, I I don't, you know, he's a guy that I would have liked to have had um, just to um, keep as a depth piece. Um, you know, and let's say we're living in a world where Darnold's coming back and we have that number two pick and we haven't made a move for Watson and Penny Soul is sitting there looking at you in the face. I mean, who wouldn't want to get bookend tackles like that, you know, to solidify your line, no, you know, fence. Got us through this year. I think he did a good job, better than I anticipated. Um, but the savings are significant, and if you're if you're going to build in the trenches, um, starting off with a penny sole and a giraffe is definitely the way to go. Um, so you know, in that particular scenario, I could see us walking from him. But if we are not, and we're going to be looking at a quarterback, clearly you want to keep Fant in the mix. So. I guess that one is to be determined for me, um, but mm-hmm. the savings are quite significant. I think it will be right around like, you know, he's doing your 10 million and we'll be around 8 million in savings. So that's, that's a lot.
2: Yeah. That's, that's, I think roughly what the number is. So, I mean, I, I for me, I think you have to keep him only because we need depth and I am not confident plugging a rookie right tackle in right away. I know there's a couple good prospects coming out in the draft. You just said Pende Sewell, if they don't go, the quarterback route at number two, they could potentially, you know, snag Sewell. Um, but I think if they do go the quarterback route, they might have to keep a veteran like Fant. And I think he's a little bit more athletic to play the system better. Uh, this before offense relies on agile linemen. So I think George Fant, even if he gets beat out halfway through the season by the rookie that I think he could still contribute to the team, even when they do like six man, or six offensive line packages or whatever, um so I'm going to say yes on George Fant. Um and then moving on we have Olaransu Fatu defensive tackle.
1: Oh yeah, we got to keep Foley Bo- here. He's got to Yeah, come back. I think that's an mean. easy
2: one. We'll just we'll yep, just brief sure. through that one. Um <clears throat> this one's a little interesting cuz they signed a replacement for him potentially kicker Sam Ficken had his ups and downs.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Um I don't know. I, I just kind of feel that we've struggled with this
2: position for so long and
1: we could definitely do better than Ficken. Um, you know, I, I was on the verge of buying a Castillo jersey last year when he had that little uh, 45 yard or 50 <laughs> yard plus, and then he just kind of fizzled out and, you know, that's the reason why he's not a bona fide starter. Um, and then Ficken comes back and it's not really that much better. So, yeah, you know, Sam got us through some tough times, but, uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that Brant Boyer, who's talked about, like, you know, he's the next Mike Westoff, which is kind of alarming to me, to be honest with you, because I'm a big Westoff guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I really hope Brant Boyer lives up to his status um, and gets us a better kicker this year because it's been a little – it's not even funny anymore to watch the struggles that we've had at that position over the last few years. Um, If you have to pay a little bit extra to get – a you know, a consistent guy, um, that's money well spent as far as I'm concerned. Um, so let's get that – let's let's right one of those wrongs that we've had and let's change, you know, the inconsistency that we've had at that position.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to have to say no. Tough offseason if your name is Sam in New York, but that's two Sams that are getting cut by Jet Nation here. I, I think they can do a lot better. Uh, we haven't seen a good kicker since Josh Myers. Um, So I think it's just time to move on, even if you have to pay a little bit more money to go acquire a proven kicker out there. Um, And we're we're going to do a couple more because uh, Glenn got kicked off. He's not going to be able to come back, unfortunately. So we're going to to finish up the next half of the players next week. But let's just do a couple more here. Um, This one might be an easy one so we could skip through it if you want. Sharif Finch didn't get on the field much. Outside linebacker, he's 25. I think – we could go ahead and say no. Um, yeah. Ryan Ryan Griffin, tight end. It's going to be 31, had the knee injury and never really came back from. No, I was just looking at Glenn's, um Who'd you say? Uh, Ryan Griffin. Ryan
1: Griffin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting because I was looking at his contract money that's due this year, and I was like, I can't believe we're paying that much um, for a guy that, you know, basically had a handful of decent weeks um in his first season with us and was pretty much non-existent last year um which was super bizarre um mm-hmm. where is he at now making 3.2 million
2: yeah
1: modest mm-hmm. it's a modest salary dead cap would be 1.4 so we're on the losing end of that you know, you need a few tight ends. I guess he can stay. Oh, I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll play Mr. Nice guy. that. Ryan can come back. I really hope he can does a
2: heck of a lot more than what he did in the
1: 2020 season.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, we're probably going to need Glenn to break the tiebreaker here on this one, because I'm going to go ahead and say no to Ryan Griffin. I think we can find <laughs> a, a better tight end two out there, um, whether it's, you know, Absolutely. free agency or, or rookies. So, for me, I'm going to go ahead and say no to Ryan Griffin. So next week when we finish this up, we can have uh, Glenn be the tiebreaker on that one. And uh, if you just want to For go sure. ahead and sign us out there, we can, we can end there and hopefully we'll get yeah, Glenn back yeah. next week to finish out this roster. Yep, this was a lot of fun. Um, unfortunate Absolutely. that Glenn
1: um, got, got cut a little short. Um, but, uh, you know, that was uh, pretty much what we wanted to do tonight was go over uh, some players that we thought the Jets should prioritize coming back for this upcoming season. And, uh, you know, we hit a couple of the rumors and stuff like that, but it doesn't stop here, everybody. You can go to JetNation.com and check out our forums. Um, Huge, huge uh, amount of activity over there. Never stops with the Jets' conversation. So if you're not signed up to JetNation.com, um, you know, no membership fees, every, you know, just go run there and go sign up. You can download our app, um, and you can continue your Jets conversation 24 seven, uh, Dylan, lots of fun. Um, can't wait to link up next week and, and dive deeper into the 2021 season. Um, it is here and we are going to be one week closer no, to, looking back. uh, to our free agent, uh, you know, frenzy, hopefully. And, um, Absolutely. you know, hopefully all good things in store for, for the Jets here. So uh, this is Dylan and I signing off. Everybody, be well, stay safe, and we will talk to you all soon. Have a good night, Jet Nation.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24.
2: Until next time.
1: Go
0: Jets!